0: Hi, I'm James Van Osdell. This right here is Carcon Carne. And before I bring on tonight's guests, which include a restaurateur and a rock and roll photographer, I want to tell you about opportunity, opportunity for you, the opportunity with solar. Imagine locking in your electric costs for the foreseeable future. We're talking years and decades. That's the opportunity with solar. Lock in a low price that you know will always be that price month after month. ComEd's going to keep raising their rates. That's what they do. That's what most businesses do. You can take control. You can have cost certainty with solar. Cost nothing out of pocket to get started. And with tax incentives from both the state and the federal government, you can save up to 48%. That'll probably change next year. But for right now, you can save just a boatload of money. And my friend Brent Sopel is going to help you get started. You may know Brent as former Chicago Blackhawk. You may know Brent as Stanley Cup winner. He's your guy. He's your solar guy. Go to Sopel Solar S-O-P-E-L, solar.com to get a free consultation. It's really that simple. sopelsolar.com.
1: It's car con carne. Let's eat in the car. It's car con carne.
0: my car is packed with people my car is packed with food to my right if you're watching on youtube or on facebook that's gene ambo he's a rock and roll photographer he is the man responsible for this it is heavy metro it's heavy on metro and by god it's heavy hold this mike jardine who's my backseat guest mike jardine he is the owner of circle tavern in elmwood park uh i'm literally on the circle what's the circle called
2: uh, the circle <laughs> the so circle I, in parkway Park. we call it the circle that, that's a heavy ass book isn't it? this is something yeah that's all right
0: definitely. i want you to look through that as we're talking because uh, this is your first chance to look at this i've 100%. seen this i'm going to talk about it I've, i already know what i'm going to talk about uh so circle tavern we're here on a monday night uh we've got a bag full of food and so we're going to talk mike and you're going to tell us what we're eating as we're talking sounds good to me all right and thank you both for doing this yeah to be here. What are Mondays like, like here? Because I'm looking across the circle, and people are doing bocce, and there's a pool. Yeah, yeah. like This seems like a hop-in little area.
2: Yeah, no, they're bringing it back for sure. It's, uh, it actually used to be a preschool across the street, and uh, in the last two years or so, they've converted it into a rec center slash bocce ball court with party rooms, and uh, kind of brings life back to the area. It's nice. They've got these big, beautiful condos to the, to yeah. the right of us that didn't used to be here, too. So building a, a community little by little and I'm stoked to be a part of it right in the middle. It's happening.
0: Isn't it Gene Embo? I love it. You love it. All right, so Heavy Metro access all areas two conversations release parties so to speak at G-Man. Uh, the first one on the 20th is sold out. That's you, you, you can only wish your way into that one at this point, right?
1: Yeah, I was like shocked. No, I'm not shocked. It's and then ex- actually, it's access all eras. Oh, God.
0: That's my own typo. Access all eras. Yeah. Access all eras Thank you for correcting me. That I'm glad I didn't say that over and over for the rest of the podcast. Access All Eras, Heavy Metro, G-Man Tavern, 20th. You can't get in unless unless you know somebody. Uh, the 21st, get them while you can. A conversation with the delightful, the the charming Jill Hopkins. Also, Joe Shanahan will be there. And Jeremy Wagner, who is heavy dude. He's also a great
1: writer. He is a fascinating guy. Uh Broken Hope guitar player, mm-hmm. uh, author, written, proven author, and uh, my... One of my co-publishers. So,
0: Oh, I love that. Jeremy was on this podcast maybe six years ago. Oh, excellent. He uh, was pontificating about you. He, he's a great dude. I actually went to his secret lair, his Hall of Justice, <laughs> uh, which is like an adult playground. I don't mean that in a vulgar way.
1: I mean like heavy metal and horror paradise. He has a museum from top to bottom, like A1 equipment, just fascinating stuff. Fascinating stuff. Okay, so heading metro access all eras. Metro,
0: the club we all know at thirty-seven thirty North Clark. Mike, you've been there probably a zillion times, as have we all. Love it. It's it just it, it's it's a part of being a music fan in the, in the city yeah. of Chicago. Iconic. Gene Ambo, you've been there from the beginning, taking pictures. This from the beginning ish.
1: Pretty much about eighty. I think it was eighty-three. Motorhead. We're going to call that the beginning. Motorhead yeah. in nineteen eighty-three. Which, yeah.
0: by the way i'm sure you have better examples but to me motorhead will always be the loudest band i've ever seen
1: that to me still stands actually without uh yeah i think i'd have to go with that because i remember seeing them with ozzy at the aragon and uh i couldn't hear right for a few (laughs) weeks and i was still young so motorhead's one of those bands who when you saw them you felt the bass oh the drums just changed (laughs) my life uh seeing those shark teeth and filthy just double double doing it and just uh, i mean i went there to see randy rhodes and all the hair and all that and i left there just thinking about bullet belts and jaw face <laughs> bass drums
0: well as we're talking mike do you want to uh Bust out some food. Oh yeah. And and let us know what you brought. What'd you bring for show and tell tonight from Circle Tavern uh, in a Circle
2: Tavern staple here. This is the double smash burger with cheese, tavern style. So that's gonna be Wait, what does tavern style mean? So it means pickles and our secret house sauce. Secret house sauce. Okay, hang on one sec. Yeah, get the closer. Check
1: that bad boy out. It looks delicious.
2: It's gonna be accompanied with a side of our tavern fries, which is our secret seasoning. That's substantial, isn't it?
1: Looks like very double. Yeah, that, that's not messing around. Okay. I thought, I
2: thought I'd thought i load them up a little more, but you know what? In the car, that's the way to go. I'd recommend yeah. it in the restaurant, actually. But
0: All right, so we're going to eat as we talk. Uh, this burger, so you, you make everything here?
2: Yes. Yeah, everything's hand, uh, handmade. The fries are cut. Oh, you that's know, fantastic. Patties are pressed into the grill, seared. Um, that makes such a
0: difference. Great fries
2: oh, so far. Oh, yeah, 100%. These cheers. Are, uh, yeah, mm. cheers. With the fry.
0: Hmm. Oh, right on. Just the right amount of salty too.
2: Mm-hmm. You need
0: it. Oh yeah. Mm. Yeah, if oh, yeah you're no cutting what? your own stuff
2: and doing for a tavern, it
0: makes such a difference.
2: Got to be done in my opinion. I think I agree. if you're throwing a frozen patty on a grill, I, you know, not that there's anything wrong with that. Any, but anybody could do that, and to try to make it something uh, unique of sorts, it uh
0: give people a reason to keep coming back
2: besides drinking. Oh yeah, because people aren't
0: always going to want to go boozing every night.
2: Yeah. Monday night, I mean. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Hey, and if you are, totally cool. We have that, too, but, you know. You can come here and have a resting peach face. Mm. Resting peach face, yeah. <laughs> just Shout out Liana, my bartender who uh, came up with that recipe. That's kind of hilarious. Great burger,
1: my friend. <laughs> thank you, thank you. That is really tasty.
0: I need to ask you a question, Gene, so I can eat the burger, which really, I I, I hope I captured it on camera before. This is, this is substantial. This is, I'm going to need a nap after it. <laughs> I wanna talk about some of the specific images and there are hundreds of pages of specific images in Heavy Metro. But I guess let's start at the beginning. What got you started, A, as a photographer, B, specifically in Metro?
1: Mm, I got into it because uh, a friend of mine, my father was a photographer and he had cameras laying around but I didn't really take any interest into it until a friend of mine was taking a photo class and he was doing some darkroom stuff. And I was helping him. And uh, after that, I kind of caught the bug and borrowed one of my dad's old cameras and started sneaking it in the shows and doing all that kind of stuff, you know? Which you could do back in the 80s. You couldn't, but people weren't looking for it as much. You know, like, I think the first show I ever shot was Judas Priest at the Baltimore Civic Center. And I got dropped off with a camera and two rolls of film in you know, like 10 bucks for a t-shirt you could buy a t-shirt back then oh yeah and um you know they were saying no cameras and they were kind of searching so i hung it around my neck and put it down my back and they didn't find it so i got in and took some really awful photos but uh Now what tour is this was this screaming for vengeance British oh steel? geez it was uh point of entry oh it And I remember the rising, when they came lifting up on Solar Angels on both sides with the grinding guitars, and it was just like, ooh, you know. Uh, Did you
0: see them at the Rosemont Theater last time through?
1: Uh, Not the very last time, but the one just before that, uh, yes. They were kind of great, and Sabaton opened up. Full credit
0: to the band, who carries the war theme all the way through to the point where their drum kit is a tank. Mm. That was badass.
1: (laughs) Yeah, the Armand Armat guys are great with the Viking ship on stage. I mean, that kind of...
2: You got to commit to the bit. Mm. Gene, I just love that you said, like, borrowed a a camera from your dad. Like, isn't that so typical of, like, how anyone starts anything? Oh, yeah. Like.
1: Yeah, well, it's not like you go out and buy a a, a $200 camera on a whim, you know, (laughs) so... Yeah,
0: I mean, so many of us are inspired whether we know it or not by our parents and our surroundings.
2: Oh, yeah. I remember just being three years old sitting in a rickenbacker case just slapping my dad's bass and That's like amazing. this is awesome like you know you could never get that bass now and like i probably wouldn't be playing music two, qu- you know.
0: two questions for you mike yeah or a, a thought and qu- a question yes thought one this burger is awesome oh dude, it thank is. it's <laughs> really
1: good very rich i like the sauce thank you so much love the sauce it just it,
0: it, it's a it's a thing of beauty um do i taste like sugar with the fries is that
2: like yes Ding, ding, ding! Secret ingredient. There I is, love that. There's a sprinkle of sugar in there. Yeah.
1: I love that sweetness. I did not pick that up, but I taste a little heat coming on the sauce of the burger. Or there something. is a little heat in
2: the sauce. Yeah. I like that. I'm a that. big fan of uh, obviously homemade, but you know, like a little uh, secret too here or there. You know, I have people who have uh, sent me pictures of them like on uh, Sundays when we're closed, trying to recreate our tavern sauce because they want it on their burgers at like their family cookout. That's or something. awesome. The dedication there. It's 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 kind of cool to see after you know only a year. Here. Success. <laughs> so, Gene, A small taste of success,
0: if you will. You start by sneaking in your camera to shows. At what point is it tolerated by Metro, or at what point does well, the Joe Metro, Shanahan
1: say, hey, go for it? Well, those guys weren't really, they didn't really care. I mean, th- those guys were not the problem guys. It, th- it was bigger shows always, but, you know, back then, people were, you know, just brought cameras, and the Metro mm-hmm. guys have always been kind of very cool at artists, and creative types and mm-hmm. you know the place is full of creative types in the first place so everybody had that mutual understanding but what made it easier for me is after a point um, the old days they would kind of air the room out ha- near the end of the set when the encores were going on and kind of just open the doors like at Wrigley's 7th inning stretch they would just open the gates and people could come and go kind of and Metro kind of was like that. And uh, I would just run over there with the camera and just try to get the end of the set or whatever I could get, depending on what depending on what I was because doing. Because that's yeah. when you want to shoot
0: a band on stage. I, so many, and we could talk about the restrictions that rock photographers have in the modern day, but by and large, you're restricted to the first three songs. Oh, well, not at the Metro. I oh, mean, no, but in general. Nowadays, and yes. And that's my point. Yes, like yeah. You want to get a band when they are in full command of their powers one one of the series of shots in your book again heavy metro access all eras uh one of my favorites is suicidal tendencies because you're seeing this band sweaty intense and in the moment it feels it feels very
1: authentic well they are very authentic and sure. they still deliver to this day i mean the last show i shot them in chicago in a indoor setting I think it was at House of Blues, and right after the set, lights go on. Well, Mike invited everybody on stage first, <laughs> which kind of freaked out the production guys. I'm sure there was tons of shit missing. But right after the set, house lights go on. Most of the guys go upstairs and get their beer and eat their you know, food and dinner and chill out. And Mike, right to the edge of the stairs, right to the edge of the stage... Pulls the monitors apart, sits down, and just starts signing. And he does not leave until every kid That's has what got what he wanted. And I've seen him sit there for fucking hours signing shit. That's
0: how you build community.
1: He's built... You know, Suicidal to me was one of the bands that like really built their craft touring. I mean, those guys relentlessly toured... And they were really smart when they left town. Everybody wore STT T-shirts. There were even people wearing the fucking uh, the collar shirts, you know, and drawing their own for a little while, you know. There's so many interesting aspects to this book. One of which
0: being, there are no captions. So as you go through the pages and look at all the different artists, you see the artist names, and you're kind of forcing the reader to interpret their own story through the images, which I've gotta think was a conscious decision.
1: Well, at first we thought about words and I was gonna actually have people involved at the Metro, barbacks, bartenders, ex loading guys, roadies, whatever, and then various people from bands that had played there comment on a f- couple of photos, but that seemed to be ridiculously like, you know, just hard to deal with and hard to find all those people. And then it becomes another book. Exactly. So, and then I just thought, nobody really wants to hear me. They can just see what I'm talking about. You know, and we just went with that. So, all these eras are represented. Is there... A specific order to the images because i couldn't
0: figure it's not alphabetical and it's not
1: chronological it, it's more or less chronological it starts probably you know more or less in the 80s and that's why you'll see like repeat offenders like the chromax in the mm-hmm. very beginning when they had you know zero hair and then when they go on they get a little more hair more tattoos and you'll see the crowd in the beginning photos there's long hairs with You know, denim vest, no tattoos, Mm -hmm. a lot of leather wristbands and stuff like that. And zero cell phones, a few lighters. And then you'll see, you know, a progression of a few bad tattoos and some shaved heads. And depending on who I'm shooting. But, you know, by the end of the book, it's all cell phones and, you know, (laughs) tribal tats. so. So there are live stage shots,
0: plenty of those. What I tended to gravitate toward as I was looking through this book are the portraits you took backstage. I I thought these were some of the most authentic looking shots of these bands. There's a shot of 311 in the, the alley, right, right behind the backstage door. That I thought was one of the best shots I've ever seen of that band. Um, there's a shot of the Jesus lizard. One of my favorite bands of all time, uh, all standing at attention, looking kind of dorky, but kind of evil and weird too, I absolutely love. Tell me about gathering those shots, because it's one thing to just shoot a band when they're on stage, but to say, I want to shoot you, here's what... I mean, how are you directing that?
1: Well, I always thought offstage stuff was more interesting, because when I would look at magazines, I would look at the photos, and I would wonder, like, what is this guy wearing? What's he drinking? Where are Mm -hmm. these people at? What is up here? So atmosphere was always kind of intense, important to me. But um, when I would... uh, do bands you know i always thought it would be people want to see what they're like in their environment mm-hmm. not just the presentation side you know mm-hmm, so yeah uh, i thought it was more interesting. you know now people know what the chromatics were doing after the show in chicago at the metro like you know and what what it looked like it's kind of weird when i look at the photos the changes of the rooms themselves like the uh, dressing rooms and all the different paint schemes and Interesting. Yeah. Yeah.
0: There's also, you you can't be from this area area and not have a deep, abiding love for Naked Raygun. There's a portrait of Raygun where I swear they all look
1: like they're 20 years old, and they very well may be
0: in that picture.
1: Could well be. I was never a huge fan, but I knew they were a huge, important band in the city. I mean, you know, even back then, they were doing two, three-nights sold-out shows, and it was, you know, people wanted four and five nights, so that was just one of those you know those guys peg boy uh all mm-hmm. those you know there were a bunch of those bands that were always really out of order life sentence they always had huge draws mm-hmm. here you know uh,
0: other portraits that i absolutely love nirvana i mean you can't look at this book and not be drawn to those nirvana pictures which are pre-dave
1: girl that was when um they were there that was one of the shows i showed up at the end uh I knew nothing about them except my friend Lori Johnson, who's in a a band now out of San Francisco, but she was at the time dating Eric um, from Life Sentence, and they were staying at her house, which was literally around the corner, I think it was on Sheffield, in uh, one of those two flats, and um, she was just blowing my ear up about them because they opened for them that night, and uh, I remember getting there. you know, I didn't actually see their set, I got there after the seventh inning stretch mm-hmm. of the Metro, and I came in, and they were all hanging out in the lobby. And um, she, her band was there, and those guys were there, and they were kind of just mingling, just themselves, and everybody else was kind of doing their thing. And Kurt was completely uninterested in any of it. He was. Now you remember that from? Oh, he was just like you know, and I remember asking him. Can we take a photo? And he just kind of just stared at me, took a hit off his soda. You know, if if it would have been, if he would have been a dick, he would have loved to have rolled his eyes kind of thing. But <laughs> he was cool. And Lori asked him to take a photo of them with her band. So I took, you know, a couple frames because I only had probably 12 frames of film. And then I did about four frames of those guys. And that, that was that, you know some of the other highlights.
0: And, and Mike, if you have a chance, wipe your wipe your fingers off and okay. uh, thumb through that book. Yeah, know because I, I, want, I want to get your like, just gut reaction to some of these pictures because they're so striking. It is a historical document. It, and it's, I
2: open to Blue Oyster Cult. Wow.
0: Blue Oyster Cult. Yeah, There are a couple of WTFs in there, like Tom Jones, Blue Oyster Cult. Like, I, I, I don't even remember, and I've lived here my whole life, I don't remember Blue Oyster Cult ever playing yeah, right. there. But they clearly
1: did, and you were there. I thought, like, well, you know, I was from that kind of old school, you know, Don't Fear the Reaper, oh, you know, T-shirt stuff. They had oh. the coolest logos and the greatest shirts. The coolest shirts.
0: logos, the, the cover of Some Enchanted Evening, absolutely classic. Yeah. Oh,
1: yeah. And so, um, uh, you know, there was a, I had a designer working with me, and I would give her a page of, you know, send her a bunch of files, and I would have my priority page of things that I wanted, full pages mm-hmm. and a little bigger. Sometimes because of COVID and she was moving and things were just everything online, we kind of lost communication a couple times. So there's a couple things in there that uh, were done full page and I would have done mm-hmm. opposite, you know. But um, it was funny because on one of those was Greg Ken mm-hmm. And one of my first giveaways was a friend in San Francisco. And that was the first shot he commented on, on the whole book, was Greg Ken. And I just looked at him like, really? really? <laughs> and he goes, well, he's from he's from San Francisco. He blah, blah, mm. blah. And he went into this whole story about Greg mm. Kinn. And I thought, oh, excellent. It makes sense. It's bringing back a memory. And that's the mm-hmm. whole idea of the book was well, to make people kind of,
0: oh, yeah. Uh, I just want to say again, I don't think it can be said enough, this burger is ridiculous. It is
1: insanely good. <laughs> I, I even be- like the pickles. and I'm not a big pickle on a burger guy. I didn't used to be, but I really appreciate... Balance, that's a good pickle. Yeah, the, <laughs> the balance <laughs> that pickles
0: bring—just that cold crispness, especially for a burger that's this substantial with, with meat—they really balance it out. A it's little, good f- and yeah, cheesy, context.
1: but not greasy. Yeah, you know? No, and the bun's killer. I mean, it's yeah. a big, you know, Thank soft.
2: You. It's uh, it's a lot of trial and error when we were first getting started. Uh, I bet trying to find the right, um, you know, the content of the meat. What do we want it to be? And trying literally cooking six different kinds of hamburger meat and and smashing them and having the cook give them to us without any idea of which was which to the point where we'd pass them around and say oh this is good that's good and then get confused and then forget which one was which and then have to make six more burgers to try again and uh you know we tasted them a lot we tasted everything here it's all everything's homemade it's my, my uncle actually owned a restaurant here 20 years ago okay oh, um so it's kind of i grew up in this spot and to be here i'm not going to take it lightly i've got kind of his legacy to uh Carry oh, on, that. if you will, and uh, not—it's—it it, can't be subpar. I want everything to be tasty, mm. not like a you know a giant storybook menu. Everything's curated, tasted. Make sure it's everything's good. You did it, and I, thank I, you. You guys both mentioned the sauce.
0: The longer I eat this burger, the more I'm getting it, and the more <laughs> like the, the more my nose is starting to run, and that's a good thing. I, I do like a little heat,
2: with just a little heat, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Hand cut fries, hand mm.
2: the way to go, man. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. Nothing like a, well, that's another thing too. Actually, sorry like to twice fried fries? Like they, they are. Yep. Yeah, yeah. You flash do. fried and or they're fried a little lower and then flash fried again. To yeah, get that you kind do. Of crispy.
0: Gene, um, You talked about your friend and how the Greg Kinn picture is struck a bunch of memories. I think when I first started uh, posting about this upcoming interview, I mentioned the fact that seeing a lot of these pictures dredged up tons of memories for me. But they also dredged up tons of—I I don't know if there was such a thing as retroactive FOMO. Like shit, I wish I was there. <laughs> man, you, you got some cool stuff and saw some cool moments.
1: Well, when I was making the book, I kept thinking to myself, shit, I wish I had been at the cheap truck shows, you know, <laughs> or like you're sporting the, one of the Rage Against the Machine shows. Or, I Rage mean, yeah. but, you know, who could really keep up with Shanahan's mind? I mean, dude, the guy brings... Joe Shanahan, I, apparently I Sammy up. Hagar and uh, Michael Anthony were there the other night doing a, some... So yeah, I saw that dark matter thing and you know Yeah, well I Patty know, Smith is there last week and um you know it's just it's
0: impossible to keep up. And I that's I was thinking about that. I'm like, hey, there's no nine inch nails or Prince, but I realized you can't be at everything. This but, is Metro we're talking about. It's not like they do one show a week. It's like every Every night they got something going on. Well,
1: I I, I I was touring in the 80s and 90s also. So, but I do remember, you know, I'd look at call home and look in and check out stuff and see like some. Re- I remember the Cheap Shirk shows. I was out of town, and I that was one that I really missed, you know, that because you know the, they did album plays. Oh, in, in color, heaven tonight, right? I, I was on the air. I was doing nights at the time, and I couldn't go to any
0: of them. Same feeling.
1: Just yeah. And and there were other shows, like Pervet Circle. Um, Mm -hmm. Maynard's not letting anybody shoot, you know. Mm -hmm. He's just being who he is. But I remember my friend was a tour manager. She invited me down, and he had them come in and take out all the furniture backstage. And I think they made them paint the room, actually.
0: That sounds about right. And bring in a
1: bunch of furniture, brand-new furniture from Ikea or someplace. And it, it was just this weird stuff that happens there and then you know. he made
2: them assemble it too because it's from <laughs> yeah, ikea yeah. Right.
0: <laughs> so it, those portraits those backstage moments some of the other ones i want to hit on that i think are so great there's a great ramon shot where you don't even know if joey's looking at the camera or not because his bangs are right <laughs> over his eyes you're not really clear
1: what's going on um you had a lot of luck with faith no more pictures through the years i did a lot of work in san francisco so uh, I, you know, started with Metallica guys, and um, I ended up working for Bill Graham for a while, uh, his management company. And I did—that's where I got involved with Exodus, and I did Eddie Money and uh, Satriani, and I actually did a lot of stuff for Bill's group, and uh, kind of met a lot of Bay Area people, and they're just probably the greatest on the planet, you know, and not to mention the most talented. I mean, I don't know what they're doing out there, but people just seem to play a little better.
0: They're getting high and eating healthy.
1: Yeah. Maybe that's Um, the secret. You know, Humboldt's right there, so. (laughs) Uh,
0: all right. so Mike, you've been looking through the book as we've been talking. What what, what strikes you? I I couldn't agree
2: more with what you say earlier about, you know, the contrast between, like, seeing Dave Grohl playing with Queens of the Stone Age and you know, kids on the rail, everybody's screaming. He's you know, full out rock drum face. And then you go to another picture from when he was there with Foo Fighters. and He's just sitting on a couch casually. Like,
0: oh yeah, like he looks like he's cutting a business deal in that picture. Absolutely, does. <laughs> yeah.
2: He <Right>. sat down <laughs> with business. In mind, but.
0: If I if I can if I remember correctly, that may have been like '99. That show, the the Foo Fighters, Queens double bill. It was a Q and A one show. That's the only reason I remember it. It was like a special event. It was called the Slime Ball, and. Uh,
1: it was both those bands all the tickets were given away for free that was a big night i i you're right <laughs> I, I just remember q101 stuff and the shots
2: and me mm-hmm. trying to avoid that mm-hmm. no yeah it's so cool to see you know that's one thing that i've always been big on with the music scene is uh i'm, I'm big on don't meet your hero kind of thing mm-hmm. but at the same time the, the curiosity of like what's he like when he's not up there
0: you know <laughs> you met gene ambo
2: yeah, 100%. that was, That wasn't disappointing. Super nice guy. Yeah, yeah. It's the coolest thing ever. Thank you. <laughs> uh,
0: so I'm glad you mentioned Queens of the Stone Age. Unless I missed it, that
1: may be the only instance of nudity in the entire book. Oh, the ball? Yeah. The ball show? Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, I think so. Well, there's Herb. There's a picture of Herb with some plastic breasts. But, right. But, you <laughs> know, that's, uh, he's doing his misfits thing, you mm-hmm. know, so. Herb Rosen? Yeah. Beer, beer Nut? Liars Club. Uh-huh. Uh, right, so the Accused. A favorite guest. Which is podcast. another band that I didn't, um, you know, actually shoot enough in the day to, you know. But how you can never shoot enough of the Rota, you know. It's,
0: so, what's interesting, you know, I was talking about some of the portraits that I like. You've got Husker du, you've got ice Tea, Celtic Frost, Bad Brains. Also, lots of portraits. Something that really struck me as I was looking through this book, again, it's Heavy Metro, Something that really struck me is how many people we lost as I'm looking through this book. Tragically, a lot of the faces are no longer with us. So I'm looking at typo negative. I'm like, oh, wow. Then there's Mark Lanigan,
1: some great shots of Lanigan, a couple with Joe Shanahan. That was the first one that when you said that, the first thing that came to mind was the most recent was, you know, Mark. Yeah. It just Taylor it, Hawkins. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, yeah, the last couple of years has been really crazy.
0: And you got the Minutemen in there,
1: which that apparently I just found out. Um, he died, you know, shortly after we did those photos. Okay. It was not very long after that. I, my friend Seth told me it was just a few months after that show at the Metro. So
0: crazy, and of course who's Du, so Grant Hart, who's no longer with us,
1: Kurt, Kurt Cobain, of course, just. Joey Ramone, <laughs> still unfortunately, Dee Dee. The list goes on. And so as we're
0: talking about forty years of history, that that's something that the heaviness of that got to me was what, what great moments and oh my God, we've lost so many of these people.
1: Gets pretty dense, you mm-hmm. know, like of the amount of aftermath that you remember after you keep running into the same people, and after forty years, you know, you got to remember a lot of these bands have toured. For 40 years. So they've come to Chicago every two years for 40 years, you Mm -hmm. know. So this is, they have friends here, and they've built a fan club and a solid base, and people get real personal about their artist. you know. (laughs) I think I forgot just
0: how much metal has happened at Metro through the years. Now, consider the curator, yes, uh, of this book, but, I mean, Saxon, Raven, Metal Church, Slayer metallic. There was, a,
1: there was a, a demand, you know, and um, I think in the 80s and 90s there was a bigger demand for metal than there is now and, and I think Chicago's got a kind of uh, seen-it-all-done-it-all crowd so uh, the flashbang of like the Motley Crue types and that kind of stuff doesn't really appeal, but Watain comes in as a little more authentic and um, I think people can resonate with that, so you mm-hmm. uh, I I just don't think you're going to get the steel panthers, but who knows what Joe's thinking? You know, he he's pretty diverse buyer, and he's not afraid to do anything apparently. So
0: I'm like, oh my god, except played there.
1: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Just everybody. Saxon a couple times, yeah. I mean, Motorhead. I think the first one of the first things I did there might have been David Crosby. You know, so you have Hammerfall in there. I remember going to that show.
0: Yeah, a band called Power Glove opened up for them, Mm -hmm. which is a metal band that does covers of video games. Video (laughs) games. I almost wanted to leave before Hammerfall came out, but (laughs) just to savor the moment. No, I do. Hammerfall was great. I love all that power metal stuff. Okay, that your
1: thing. Uh, no, no, I'm a thrash guy, so... Well, play And it. I like the old hardcore stuff. I, you know, um, There's a few new bands out now, but it, Power Trip is a great band, and that singer just recently passed away. So, uh, you know.
0: Anthrax is well represented. Stormtroopers of Death.
1: Yeah, just saw Charlie the other day. They're doing strong. They're out working hard now.
0: Really, just... It's fascinating. Through it all, I mean...
1: I guess if I were trying to find a red thread between it all, it's just Chicago-based. You know, it's all—it's all about uh, the neighborhood. That—that that was my neighborhood venue, and I just happened to be there a lot with the camera. And after all this time, I just thought you know share the memories because I've seen these photos for forty years. They're so not really special to me anymore. But when my friends see them, they're all freaked out. You know, so. Uh, and for me, the, the red thread without captioning,
0: and it's just, the pictures, it's just how important the live experience is for all of us. It really, I just, I, I talked about that retroactive FOMO, like, I wanted to be in those moments. Yeah. Yeah. And, and these moments effectively convey what it feels like. And what's also fun is, you mentioned multiple opportunities to shoot different bands. Seeing bands evolve in pictures. Seeing the Smashing Pumpkins evolve from what they were, Billy the lanky, redheaded dude, to You
1: know, the the shaved head. The Faith on more and Corrosion and Conformities are like, so that, you know, like in the very beginning, you know, they were kind of four, kind of just San Francisco kind of hangout street dudes. (laughs) But by the time they had come back, they added another guy to the band and, you know, Jim had a brand new leather jacket. (laughs) And and then, you you know, on the third time around when they had Mike in the band, they were a completely different band you know it was a whole different animal now you can also trace the history of metallica
0: is metallica metro show the the most recent one in the book
1: yeah i did that with an iphone it was uh, no way in in the very back of the book yeah
0: done with an iphone yeah
1: got to cover it all you know that's amazing now because of your connection to metro when that metallica show was announced did you find a bunch of friends that you didn't know you had calling you that happens every time Metallica or Guns N' Roses comes to town. <laughs> A little Anthrax every now and then. And, mm-hmm. You know, you, Lots count, of new you can count on your real friends. Mm-hmm. They're the best. Uh, yeah, I mean, Joe Shanahan probably just put his phone on silent. Now I know what it's like when they come to town. Now I know what it's like for him every day. Right. <laughs> right. <It's, laughs> right. I bet his phone just is, and he knows. You know, I'm sure he's constantly fielding stuff.
0: So if you're listening or if you're watching this this is in your music fan which i'm guessing you are if you're listening or watching this or listening to or watching this um this is a book you're going to want to have if you're from the chicago area you probably were at a lot of these shows again i'm looking through those i'm like oh my god i was there i was at that one i can't believe so cool heavy metro access all eras if they can't, if people watching or listening can't go to G-Man, how do they get a hold of this Gene Ambo?
1: Um, it's released. Uh, it'll be sold at uh, Bucket of Blood Records and book, Books and Records on uh, Belmont by I believe it's
0: Belmont and Elston. I, I was just there a couple nights ago. Yeah, you'll be Grant pr- rules. You, you'll be very proud of me. My son is has grown to become a huge metal dude, like. He's, he's the guy who will walk into my room and say, Dad, I just got the new Rotting Christ album on Bandcamp. <laughs> I'm proud of you, son. Uh, we just went there, and he, he turned me on to Draconian. He got the new Draconian album. Nice. It's a bucket of blood. So he'd be very proud. Of it. I'm raising him correctly.
1: Uh, th- well, it'll be there. And then uh, Stygian Sky Media, if you Google, they'll, they'll have a link to the uh, publisher's website directly. Awesome. Eventually, it'll be out uh, other places, but I think they're sorting all that stuff out now. Well, we can support Bucket of Blood in the meantime. Totally. Yeah. Local. Happy happy to do that.
0: All right. And food-wise, Elmwood Park, a, a mere stone's throw from city limits. We're basically just a couple blocks west of Harlem Avenue uh, off Diversity. Yep. Grand, Grand Avenue on that side, Diversity on that side. Yeah, right in the middle. Super easy to get to. I just want to talk about some of the food that we didn't eat that people can enjoy here. Mike Yeah Absolutely um, Well today's Martini Monday
2: First of all $5 martinis uh-huh. Can't go wrong
0: uh, There's two for Thursdays Which is Here you go Buy one Get one thin crust pizza Great day to try pizza <laughs> I, <laughs> That's what I'm saying uh, As appetizers go You've got baked clams Rockefeller clams We had the double burger I want you to think about this Gene Ambo Photographer Gene Ambo We had the double They have a quad burger here
1: the quad,
2: yeah. I'm not sure. I don't it,
1: know. This is pretty uh, a, a, right. a pretty handful of
2: cow right there. Right. So. I, I
1: don't know if my mouth opens that wide. Yeah, uh, it's a
2: challenge, man. No. I've eaten it one time, honestly, just to be able to say that I've done it because right. I don't feel like selling something that is right. potentially like right. unhinging your jaw to eat. But I ate it. I've done it at least one time. I will say that it's doable. Um, it's it's worth a shot. If you're, if you're course. a
0: fan of big burgers, man. I, I, I like big burgers, and I cannot lie. <laughs> also, we had the regular fries, um, just the house fries with our burger. They have Cajun fries, garlic parm, garlic parm, loaded fries. Uh, using these fries as a base, yes, please. I do appreciate your Chicago, your Midwesternness. You don't have sandwiches. 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 Yeah, old fam- sandwiches. Sand. Uh, and you, you've got classic, like, diner food, too. Like, I
2: love a good patty melt. Yeah, which the the patty melts and uh, we have a pot roast sandwich too, which is something that we're trying to just, just kind of looking around here and, you know, seeing what's something that I would want to get that's not just the typical burger hot dog pizza. Um, right. Something where you could go out and eat, you know, a, a good meal in the tavern environment and not necessarily have to, not that you wouldn't want to go home and see mom, but, you know, getting something that feels home, <laughs> something that feels homemade and, uh, you know, in, in the environment of being out at the same time, so...
0: I love i've said this before on this podcast i love doing shows like this where we can bring someone to talk about food someone to talk about music people who maybe haven't met before i love doing stuff like
2: this I hope you guys had a good time tonight. no yeah it's rad it's fucking great man thank you for having us it's rad oh truly my pleasure my pleasure great to meet you Red. uh that book actually can you hand it back up I have like, it right here yeah i got to peer through really cool it is truly really heavy. cool man it is heavy truth in advertising
0: heavy metro <laughs> I don't want to show you all these copyrighted images on screen, but... Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Feel
1: free. Have your way. I'm trying
0: to be appropriate. I mean, just, just to give you an idea of what's in this book, as I thumb through it, I just saw Megadeth, there's Steve Bader's, Celtic Frost, Faith No More, Possessed, Jack, Jack Bruce from Cream, Jack freaking Bruce, L.A. Guns, um, Nick Cave, some great Nick Cave pictures in here, Crocus, going back to the volume of metal that's in here, one of my favorite performers on Earth, Robin Hitchcock is Represented, uh, BOC exploited Sam Hain UK subs, Gene loves Jezebel, skinny puppy. I mean, this is this is 40 years of history. This
1: is what Metro, this is what I
0: this what's in this book is what I think of when I think of Metro.
1: I mean, truly, there's Barry Stern, drummer from E Trope. Rest in peace, drummer from E Trope, one of the best. I think at one point he may have been considered to be the new guy in Metallica. At one point, had that ever happened,
0: yikes. Fantastic book. Really nice job. I know this is no small effort. I mean, literally it's no small effort, but I know it's no oh, small effort. Oh, it was effort.
2: a half-pound burger, right? Something like that. Yeah. Oh, you mean the book.
0: Yeah, oh. I mean the book. <laughs> uh, All right. Thank you, guys. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. I want to thank Soapful Solar. Switch to solar right now. SoapfulSolar.com. Thank you for watching and listening.